Welcome to Butterless Popcorn. I am Brett Dvorsky. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. And today we are talking about Catch Me If You Can, 2002, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. Let's get into it. You love this movie maybe more than I do, but tell me, give me your I, background on this I this told film. you, I when we were thinking about this movie and I was you know, watching it and trying to do some some homework on this, it's in my top five. It is like cemented in my top five right now. Every time I watch it, there's something new we pick up, you know, like it's, it's one of those, it's got a Pulp Fiction feel where it's like, there's different chapters. It feels like of this story. You've got like Frank, the pilot, you've got Frank, the lawyer, you've got Frank, Frank, the tank doctor. (laughs) Oh, imagine Frank, the tank. Oh, it's tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's just like, you know, you turn the movie on at any point and it's like, oh, it's this part. Like this is, this is a whole nother chapter and it's just, it's just a fun watch from start to finish. It's stylish. It's, it's breezy. It it kicks you around a few times, but it leaves you feeling really good in the end. Like there's, there's a lot of gasping moments. There's, there's a lot of heart pounding moments, which we'll get into, but it's, it's ultimately a feel good movie, which is really cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Steven Spielberg, which... You know, I mean, yes, he did direct Schindler's List, which is quite depressing. <laughs> yeah, a little different. But uh, a lot of his movies have that good-hearted, like, kind of feel-good nature to it. Um, and you got Tom Hanks in it. Oh, man. I mean, so it's obviously incredible. Exactly. The modern-day Jimmy Stewart. Uh, one of the reasons why I love this movie is because the story is so unique. So Frank mm-hmm. Abagnale Jr., who before his 19th birthday was conning millions of dollars and pretending to be a pilot and a doctor and a lawyer... Uh, and he was forging checks. I think the highest he got was like five mil or something like that. All by the time he was 22, and then he goes and you know gets out of prison and it works for the government for years and years and years, um, catching check forgers. What a life! What a career! And it's really cool that they made a movie out of this. It's a true story. Yeah, that's and the best part. Fucking nuts. I mean, even if it was a normal movie without a true story, you're like this is genius. It's yeah. Incredible. But you literally can't write this. No. It's incredible. It's pretty unreal. Um, I have nothing else to say. Do you want to get into some some awards? Let's get into it. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Cord Connector. Wireless devices can be such a pain. Your phone isn't perfectly positioned on the charging pad. Your wireless headphones aren't connecting to Bluetooth. Your laptop can't receive a strong Wi-Fi signal. Cord Connector has a way to solve all of this. Simply plug one end of the cord into your first device and the other end of the cord into your other device, and watch as your electronics are instantly connected. Stop worrying about finding a signal and start physically connecting your devices today. To get your very own cord connector, call now. Tell them Adam and Brett sent you. Cord connector, the only way to stay connected. Best chill scene. Adam, want to give me a couple nominations you have for this award? I will. So so this scene goes to the scene that just makes, sends that shivers down your spine, right? In the back. You bet. So you bet. I have three here. Um, one of them is the one where Frank is with Brenda's family. <laughs> They're sitting around the television. <laughs> and it's the... Uh, has anyone here seen Kelly? K E Exactly. But it's chills because it's it's the only time you really see Frank happy and like truly secure with himself. It's because he's with a family sitting down doing what families are supposed to do that his family's not capable of doing because of the divorce and everything. 
just gives me the chills, man. That is really it's chilling. Awesome. And yeah, you see the little smile on his face right. and he starts singing along. Oh, I get the chills thinking about it. It is, it is really good. Um, two others. Next one is uh, Hanratty and his team are sitting down with um, the printing experts. And they're talking about where the the printing could have been done based on the check and the ink and everything that's on it. And it's, you know, they're talking about saying the countries that it, you can find it. And they're like, France, France, France. <laughs> and, and then the music starts. And it's, no, 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 And then you see Hanratty's face light up. And that's like, holy shit. Yeah. He's going to get him. Yeah. It's, so that's, I love that. The third one, the last one I have here, Frank's in jail. I'm getting the chills as you're talking about this, by the way. Yeah, so. you should be. It's yeah. barking. Hanratty and the assistant FBI director come to visit him in jail and talking about how they've got an opportunity for him. And he goes, you know, they're like, yeah, you'll be under our custody. And he goes, whose custody exactly? And we'll do a little just finger that, yeah. wave. Which is like, I love that. The little smirk on Carl Hanratty's face, too. Oh, gets me every time. Yeah. So those are my top three. So that was one of mine. Uh, okay. there, there at the end. when Fra- Specifically, though, more than Carl's face, it's when they first sit down and they have Frank start looking at the checks. And they hand it to him and right away, right away like it goes, it's, it's a fake. Yeah. And... Uh, and then as the camera zooms in on Carl's face so ever so slowly, the look on his face just He's says... He's got a half I, smile, right? Yeah, like, the, I told you so. Yeah, that, I have that written down in yeah. my notes. I told you so. Uh, that scene is fantastic. Really, really chill-worthy. I had one more. And it it is the second half of the France scene that you just talked about. Because it's specifically a, a quote that stands out to me that gives me chills every time. Mr. Fox, tell me, you wrote down the name of that village. And then a quick beat, and he looks back and he goes, Mont Rashad. And then cut. And then it's Frank in Mont Rashad. I get, when he says Mont Rashad, oh, so I good. get chills. Yep, yes, yes. He was, you know, they met during the war, and a question and answer. Yeah, that's, I actually had a uh, trivia question on that, so you already answered Oh, it. wonderful. So. Uh, so, what was your winning chill scene, Adam? Uh, I'm going to go with the Has Anyone Here Seen Kelly? Scene. I love that. That's great. I, yeah. That wasn't on my list, but uh, I, I agree with your point. It is a chill scene. What's yours? Mount Rashad. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Love I it. will say there's an honorable mention while you were talking about him seeing the check is when Frank actually returns at the end of the movie to come back to the work for the FBI, you think he might be leaving mm-hmm. and Hanretti catches him about to board a plane. He, he ends up coming back, but when he comes back and picks up the, um, you know, the device or whatever to look at the check and you look up and Frank's back that that gives me a little that's an honorable mention right at the end I actually have an honorable mention myself and it's more of a um, an unsettling type of chill when Frank comes home from school one day and he sees Jack Barnes with his mom oh no and and he knows Leo is incredible in that scene because he instantly knows what's happening. He's a 16-year-old kid, but he yep. knows exactly what's happening. And Jack Barnes and his mother try to play it off, you know. Oh, you know, I, was, I, was showing uh, him, I was showing him the apartment, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he, and then he finds his button on the couch, yes. and it's... 
Oof. And then his mother gets all anxious in the kitchen and gives him a bunch of money to go spend. And, but then she says, you won't tell your father, won't you? Yeah, she and starts smoking, too. Yeah, she starts smoking. You're smoking again, Mom. Yeah. And it's, that scene gives me chills because it's so intense and brutal. I got chills from that one. Oh, I got chills. I, I didn't, I mean, I, it, you. <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't on purpose. I can't control what scenes give me chills, but that was one of them. Okay, dark. I like it. Yeah, very, very dark. I mean, hey, you know what? The the has anybody seen Kelly one? It's pretty dark of you too. It is a little dark. It's pretty dark. <laughs> Fair point. You get chills of a guy never experiencing happiness with a family in his whole life. So. This was the one happy time. Whatever. Okay. All right. <laughs> Onward. Funniest scene. What do you got? Oh man, I got a few here. Um, I'll just rattle them off. Rattle them off. The chocolate eclair <laughs> that Hanratty's eating. And uh, Frank offers to tell him how he passed the bar exam for hefty eclair. Hanratty uh, shoves it all in his mouth, which is a lot. I mean, I don't know how he takes that whole eclair what, in his mouth. What is it that? Wait, what is it that Carl says as he's eating it? He's like, he's like "I'm gonna find out one way or another." One way or another. And he's got the eclair in his mouth. He's got the cream on the side yeah. of his face. That's really good. I was thinking about filming that scene. That's gotta. How many times does he have to eat that eclair? <laughs> Hopefully, they did it in one take. I mean, Put two on max. 10 pounds. <laughs> oh my god, puking his guts out. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Probably never had a eclair after that. Yeah. Um, another one, the secret service in the hotel when, uh, Frank fools hand like secret service, you know, he just, just, you know, it's under control. The guy just left here and he hands him the wallet and it's just all crap there in the wallet. We'll, we'll get more into this. That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Oh, it's, okay. it's that, that's, it's the first time Frank and Carl come face to face. Yep. And up until this point, Frank's just a you know guy on a piece of paper who Carl's trying to catch. And then Carl breaks into the room and Frank just so swiftly so comes smooth. out of the bathroom. Relax. Yeah. You're, you just think you're all the, you're the only one on this case? Yeah. So oh, good. Yeah, I love that one. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you put that in one of your funniest scenes. It's though. funny because Carl, when he realizes he's been duped, yeah. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Hi! Out the window. Yeah. Yes. And then when Frank says, "Oh, my 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 partner's bringing him out to the car now," it's the blind, blind. guy. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, another one similar, uh, similar line here is when Frank fools Hanratty again uh, with the taxi cab driver. Or no, he's not actually a taxi cab driver, but he's holding. Yeah, he's holding the, he's holding sign. the sign. He's like, "Who are you here to pick up?" And he's got the Hanratty sign. Outside Miami Airport, that's money. I had that too. And the last one, I'm, I'm guessing you have it, but it's the knock knock joke. That well, uh, which which scene of the knock? When knock they're in joke? their car, okay, the driving. first time we hear it. First time, yeah. yeah. You know, why don't you why don't you ever tell any jokes here? And want to hear a joke? Knock knock. We'd love to hear a joke. We'd love to hear a joke, <laughs> yeah. hear a joke yeah. from you. Um, so that one. Yeah. Nice. I I had. Three, two of them you just mentioned. So I had um, um, the guy holding up the handwriting sign, Frank's driver, when he pays him to put on his uniform. Yeah. And Frank just walks past them with, with the with the stewardess wow. that he just hired. And then I also had one that you didn't have. Um, do you concur with Dr. Ashley? Oh, that's good. And the kid breaks his leg. Why, why didn't I concur? <laughs> and Frank's just like about to puke the moment he sees any sort of blood. That was really good. He fiddles the scissors and then picks them up. He drops the scissors. or No, he drops the felt that's covering the scissors. <laughs> puts it against his mouth. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then I also had the 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 knock knock joke I had as well. That is my gnomes. There's actually speaking of Dr. Ashland. There's one other one that we didn't think of. Dr. Harris. Um, when oh yeah, when the no, other when, doctor. When Dr. Ashland goes, uh, Dr. Connors, are you going to be taking role every time? And Frank goes, oh, and yeah, so and if, funny. <laughs> if you're going to be late, I suggest you bring a note. That is really <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's a great scene so too. There's there's a couple under like. There's some witty parts in that. Yeah, no, this this movie has a lot of unintentional comedy to it. Mm-hmm. Even some of the scenes that aren't supposed to be funny are funny too. So what'd you go with as funniest? I'm going with the knock knock joke. It's a classic. We keep like I knock knock. <laughs> go, go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. It's a little um, a little Goodwill Hunting sounding actually. A little bit. A I mean, it's the Boston it's the Boston accent. There, but... Hanks's Boston accent is spectacular in this movie. It ages <laughs> really well. I mean, yes. there's a lot of. A lot of actors have played Bostonians throughout the years, and sometimes their accents suck more yeah, than sometimes. Yeah. His is good. No, his like is he's funny. no Matt Damon or Ben Affleck because they are from Boston well, and they don't do it. Yeah. But like his is better than Robin Williams in Good Hunting. In Good Will Hunting, I think. Yeah, I don't even think Robin Williams. It doesn't really do much of it. Yeah, yeah, but no, this Boston accent is really good. Agreed. For funniest scene, I chose uh, the handwriting sign. Yeah. Yeah, I, I. Didn't forget about it, but it wasn't a movie. It wasn't a scene in this movie that always came to my mind. But when I was rewatching it last night, and the scene came on, I was cracking up, it's and I was like, I instantly was like, "That's it." Because you see, and you're like, oh, "Classic Frank I know. did it again." <laughs> you know? it's yeah. like, yes, really good. That's good. All right, next one up here is scene that makes your heart race. The car chase scene. The car like chase call scene. That's yeah. what to call it. I had two on this one. Um, the one of them we already um, talked about a little bit, but well, actually no, it's quite it's it's a little different. It's the scene at the actual printing spot, and so Hanratty, um, you know, busts open the door to. They're find gonna kill you. <laughs> that is one of my favorite quotes. Amazing, later amazing, on, amazing. Walk out that door, you're gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, but when he busts in, he's like, "Hey, we got the best beans here, Carl." But that scene, because um, you're like. What's going to happen? That whole, it's tense the whole time. My yeah. heart is racing. Yeah. Ends up getting the cuffs on, uh, on Frank. The other one is, and this one is kind of underrated, but um, I have actually a quote here. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing. It's not the exact one, but it's, the truth is, sir, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer, airline pilot. Just a kid who's in love with your daughter. And then... Um, Brenda's dad, played by Martin Sheen, goes, no, you're not. You're romantic. (laughs) Guys like us don't exist. (laughs) What is it? Men like us, no good without the women we love. It's a great scene. I propose to Brenda's woman with two pennies about, you know, what was it? Yeah. Oh, God. But it's like up until that point, you're like, oh, shit, he's figured him out. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. he's, He's like, what are you doing with a girl like Brenda? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, you're fooling. You're not fooling me. And then that's uh, a great candidate for for this category. I, I didn't even think about that. That's I created. I thought of the category because of that. Scene. Yeah. So I had two here. Um, one of them we've already talked about twice. The Tropicana Motel. Okay. Yep. When they when Carl and Frank meet, just because you we haven't really seen Frank being as you know sly as he always is until then like we don't know him as this guy who can escape from anything and gets out of everything yeah when that moment happens i'm like fuck like is he gonna get caught already like what's gonna happen so 
that's one. And then, but my second one and the ultimate winner, which you already discussed, was in Mamashad at the yep. at the printing facility because it's it's definitely the most intense moment, intense scene of the movie. And Frank doesn't believe Carl. We don't even know if we believe Carl. That's the best part, right yeah, there. Yeah, I I think as a first time viewer. I wouldn't believe Carl. I didn't. I, I wouldn't believe him at all. I mean, he's made out to be an honorable man. Right. But, you know, he's also doing what he can to not harm Frank, but also to catch him. Right. So you just don't know. Yeah. That, that's my my. my I'm going with that, scene. too. Yeah, Unanimous. Yeah. It's Glad we agree. So best overall scene. This is one we've been waiting for. Or not the one we've been waiting for, but kind of the 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 ultimate of these scene prizes, obviously. So, what, yeah. are, you, what are your noms? I, I actually only had one here. And Love it. And, you know, it was just, once I thought of this scene, I thought that this is it. Um, it's Frank outside his mother's house. Mother's house. Is that yours? Yep, that's oh, mine too. That, I swear incredible. to God. It's amazing. Jack Barnes. It's amazing. And the little girl in the window. It's his half-sister, right? Oh, like, that he God. Meets, he's like, your mommy yes you know, he's I, tapping on the I, window wow i am so impressed that that you have that because that's amazing i mean I, that's the only it's scene incredible yeah it's no it's i wrote down I a couple others <laughs> i wrote down the drop cannon motel i fucking love that scene and then how I, many times did you watch that scene <laughs> <laughs> rewind watch rewind yeah. watch i put down that i put down at the engagement party when frank Ooh. really confesses to brenda who yeah. he is and he says <clears> his name he says, he says his name yeah that's a great moment yep. When he yep. says his name, but no, this, when he goes home to his mother's house and he sees the little girl in the window and he sees his mom and Jack Barnes, oh, it's the saddest moment of the movie. Sticks. Yeah. It is. Oh God. But amazing, amazing moment in the movie. Oh, and it's so glad we both put wow, it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think you were going to put it because <laughs> no, it's kind of yeah. a, it's a, it's such a gut wrenching scene, but it's a subtle scene. It's yeah. not one of the scenes that you think of when you think of Catch Me If You Can. No, because not at the climax in the movie or anything, right. but it's the climax of his like realization of, you know, who he is as a person. Right. But it's just yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Amazing. Wow. Love that. Okay. Best quote. Oh, we man. have a lot. <laughs> okay, so I have I have seven here. I have eight. So let's let's here. Let's do it this way. For Christopher Walken. You say quotes. one, and I'll yes, say. I did not include okay. any Chris Walken okay, so quotes let's in say, here. Okay, so let's say the ones that we have on our list that are not Chris Walken quotes. Great. Okay. Because right. six out of my seven are Carl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you um, go, you go first. How'd you do it, Frank? How'd you cheat on the bog exam in Louisiana? That's it. All right. I really like that quote, by the way, because he asks him it what four times? Yeah. Three times. Yeah. My first quote here, which is said by Frank Sr. and Frank Jr. I'm going to say it obviously oh, yeah. as Frank Jr. This is something that's also said like five times. Must have slipped right off your neck. Oh, that's so good. Love that. That's such a, they're such sleazeballs. They really Fucking sleazeballs. But they're, you love them. <laughs> you know, they're lovable scum. I know. that. I think that little trick, like when I was rewatching it and then we saw Frank Sr. do that, I was like, oh, that's Frank Jr.'s move. Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of reminded that Frank Jr. just tries to emulate his dad with yeah. everything. So like his dad is at the base of all of his you know, all of his scams, all of his tricks. Because his, his dad was a scam too. He just wasn't as good. <laughs> no. Yeah, not as clever for sure. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um, another Carl one. We've said this a number of times to one another, but I'm not in New York. I'm not in Atlanta. I'm not in Atlanta because <laughs> I'm not in New York. That's really good. They're walking down the... Um, the terminal, right, yep. in the airport. How do you know he's not in New York or Because I'm not in New York. <laughs> I'm not in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, 
one I have. Is it okay if I write you a check? Because that's kind of the beginning of, mm-hmm. of his fraud. Oh, that's it right there. That's is, when he realizes he can get away with it. Is that the scene when he's in going into a new motel or something? I don't even remember. I don't even remember what scene it was in. It's such a small quote, but it it's the beginning that's, of... That's it. what I think. I think that is that time. Yeah. And... Um, or is at the hotel and they say that they can only cash us to a certain limit, right? That's it. That's got to be Or it. if it's a cashier's check. Or, uh, or, no, that's when they tell them that if it's an airline check, right, it could be a higher amount. Oh, it could be like 300. It could be 300. Yes. Yeah. And then he does that. Right. But this, but this quote is when he's still a young kid. It's like right You're around right. the scene when, when right. he gets kicked out of the motel because all of his checks keep getting bounced. Yes. And then he's somewhere... And then, oh, maybe it was before then. He had the bank? I don't remember. Well, fuck it, whatever. I love that quote because it's it's the beginning of the criminal, Frank. So You're right. You go next. Another Carl one here. Um, You have no one else to call. (laughs) And then he starts laughing as we just did right now. (laughs) You have nobody else to call. You didn't call me just to tell me to stop chasing you. What do you mean, you, Carl? You got no one else to call. That's a good one. I love that. Yeah, I love my job. <laughs> my daughter. She's four. Yeah. I don't get to see her much. Uh, my next quote is... Oh, I thought that was one of your quotes. No, that's good. It, it's not one of my quotes. I just love that. I mean, we could really recite Carl. The, I thought she said she was four, Carl. <laughs> oh, that was now she's 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next my next quote is a Carl one we've also spoken of already in this podcast but want to hear a joke knock knock who's there go uh, <laughs> fuck yourself I stopped it at the knock knock but knock knock um, we've talked about this Carl one as well but they're gonna kill you they're gonna kill you yeah, walk out that door you're gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> love how you so go good. from 100 yeah, exactly. to like 63 like, they're gonna kill you they're gonna kill you walk out that door you're gonna kill you That's really good. Uh, my next one is also a Carl one. <laughs> the Yankees. He said, he said something about the Yankees. The Yankees. He said something about the Yankees. It's literally the next one on my list. I Perfect. love that. Yeah, quote. it's so good. How do you, wait? What is he like? How do you know it's New York, Carl? Right, he's in the phone booth. Yeah, yes. he's like, he's, well, it's, it's when he he's finds like, out the Barry Allen thing. Yes, he's and he's, he's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid. Oh, look up all these kids in New York. He was a kid. The Yankees. He said something about the Yankees. Oh, that's so good. That's great. You're up. Oh God, I can't say this one. I keep laughing. It's a. It's another Carl one, but he's. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) You can do it, I believe. He's eating the Chinese food. (laughs) Oh, those noodles look so good. I know. (laughs) They always make me crave them. They look so good whenever he's eating them. He's like, oh, can't change it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Wait, what did he say? Wait what? Wait, what did he say? Because he's like, how do you know he's not going to change his name? <laughs> he can't change it. When he changes his name, name, he loses the call. <laughs> oh, God. 
Det er så snakkeligt, det er godt. He's got the noodles. <laughs> oh, I can't change it. Oh, ah. oh. That is so fun. Wow, I would have never thought of that one, but it's so funny. I, all the scenes, when he eats a lot in this movie. I was thinking that he's got the eclair. He eats that. <laughs> I mean, the Barry Allen scene, he's drinking coffee. When right. else is he eating? I mean, I think there's like three scenes when he's eating Chinese food. Like, I, He's got to be eating every Christmas scene besides the last one. When he meets him in Mount Rashad, I don't well, know. Frank's eating the beans, and Carl doesn't take the bait on that. But. Yeah. Oh wow, that was great. Um, but I always think that when I see that Chinese food, that that's like, where is that from? Yeah, <laughs> that, those noodles look amazing. Um, and my my last non Frank Senior quote is also from Carl. It's not as funny, but it's a good. It's towards the end when Frank is maybe trying one last time to get away after he's employed by the FBI and Carl sees him walking down the terminal in his pilot suit and they're talking and Carl finally says, look, Frank, nobody's chasing you. And then he walks away. Oh, it's so good. That kind of encapsulates, or that kind of sums up Frank's journey like at the end. Because it's almost like he's doing it for the thrill. He loves it that they're chasing him. And Carl knows it. Yeah, and Carl knows it. Carl's like, we're not coming after you. I know you're going to be back Monday morning. The directing in that is incredible, too. Is there's The backdrop is no one's there. Right, just two of them. And it's just Frank. It's just the terminal. And you can tell. I mean, it's just, it's perfectly done. The fact yeah. that it's just, like, man against man. Like, mano y mano. Mano y mano. <laughs> y mano. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. The, I had one more quote, and I, I want to make sure you don't have the Frank Sr. version of this one, but it's when they say grace, and it's, okay, two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. First mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard, he eventually turned that cream into butter and crawled out. And then the follow-up, which is... Oh, that was really beautiful. That, that, that little mouse that turned that cream into butter. <laughs> turned that cream into butter. She loved it. She loved it. She loved I'll it. Tell you, it looks like Brenda hit the jackpot. What was the name of his dog? Holland, Hollandsworth. What was the name of his dog? I'm sorry. The dog was dead. Oh. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> um, all right, Adam. So what's your favorite non-Frank Senior quote in Catch Me If You Can? It's really hard. We, we went through a lot there. Yeah. I'm going to do the uh, the one I just did, uh, Two Little Mice, the Frank Jr. version. Okay. I'm going to go with, all right, I have a tie, and they both have to do with the Yankees. Okay. So I actually didn't say this when we were going through it because it's it's better when Frank Sr. says it, but Frank Jr. says it also. So Frank Jr. says it during the first Christmas call on the phone with Carl. And Frank says, why do the Yankees win? Why do the Yankees always win? And Carl goes, the Yankees win because they have Mickey Mantle. <laughs> and Carl goes, or Frank goes, no, Carl, because nobody can keep their eyes off the pinstripes. That and is it hangs so up good. right there, right? I don't remember. No? I don't know. It's better in my head when he hangs yeah, up right there. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, that's amazing when Frank Jr. says it. And then also, um, the Yankees! He said something about the Yankees! I love that. How oh. badly did I, I wanted to go with, who can't change it? <laughs> oh, and then, I didn't write this down either, but I already mentioned Mr. Fox, Mont Rashad. Mont Rashad. One word. He's got the best one word line in this whole film. That's so good. 
good. So, all right. Next category. Which Frank, doctor, lawyer, pilot, or something else is the best Frank? I'm going pilot here. Um, you know, he uses the Pan Am logo to put on his checks. Yeah. And that's kind of like the beginning of his, like, scaling up his operation. He... Recruiting the flight attendants for his program. Amazing. Eileen Anderson. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, oh, it's genius. Just I, to escort him. So I had the same thing. Pilot is the best Frank. And I actually had that in here. Quote, when he holds the interviews for the eight stewardess, yeah. M-dash, what fucking balls. My bags are packed. We're ready, ready to, to go. go. <laughs> Yeah, Pilot Frank. We also see the most of Pilot Frank, I feel like. Yeah, we do. We see the least amount of Lawyer Frank. We don't really see any of Lawyer Frank, besides when he's... Here is an <laughs> enlargement the of the What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> now, here is an enlargement of that yeah. photograph. Which matches. Yeah. He, I, I love that he, when he's studying, when he's trying to be a doctor and a lawyer, he's watching movies and just copying what he sees in the movies. Yeah. It's so good. Kid's brilliant. It's really funny. Um, so, Pilot Frank... And also, I think when he walked by the store with the pilot suit, and that's when he's like, all right, I'm going to get back into it. And that's right before the scene that we were just talking about, that Carl and Frank meet each other. But that's like, that's his his first, um, his like natural uh, tendencies to go towards the pilot. I agree. I have an honorary mention here. Teacher Frank. Substitute Teacher Frank. Oh, wow. Honorary mention because it's one scene, but he's amazing. Totally forgot about that. It's his first day of school at his new school. Yeah. And this fucking shithead bully is giving him a hard time. He's pushing him around. And then he acts like the teacher. And he acts like he's the teacher. It's because they have a sub that day. He's acting like he's the substitute teacher. That's right. And he calls the, the bully up to read in front of the class, and the guy can't read very well, and he makes a fool of himself. And then Frank, like, and then the next scene is uh, Frank Sr. and Paula, Frank's mother, in a meeting with the principal. Yep. And the principal's like, your son has been pretending to be a substitute teacher and here Senior for the past week. And he, he and he goes, it. what did he say? Um, your son held a parent-teacher conference and is planning a field trip to a French bread factory in Trenton. It's <laughs> so funny. I, I love that. Do you think they've heard of Sarah Lee at that French bed bread factory? <laughs> I'm sure they have. But I'm ultimately going with uh, Pilot Frank as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a great honorable man. I totally forgot about the substitute teacher. Wow. Yeah. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Stair Friends, the best companion you can have for a fixed price. In a world where it's nearly impossible to unplug from our phones and laptops, especially during the ongoing pandemic, Looking outside your window with a cup of coffee in hand is the perfect opportunity to breathe and relax. And what better way to unwind and look outside than with a companion? With Stair Friends, you can select the gender, race, sexual orientation, and even IQ level of the person who will come to your home and stare outside your window with you for only $6 a minute. That's $6 a minute! So whether it's snowing, hailing, or the sun is shining bright, Put down your electronics and get a view of the great outdoors every once in a while with your new Stair Friend. Call 1-800-780-STAIR to get your free trial started. That's 1-800-780-STAIR. Terms and conditions may apply. Now back to the episode. Next one up is Frank's best scam. I only had one here, and we've talked about it like 10 times already, but it's the sign in um, 
the guy in the car that's holding the sign that says yep, handwriting. I love that. Gotta love that. That's the only one you had? That's the only one I have, so, so that's the winner. So I had a couple. Um, I had that one, <clears throat> and then I had another one. So the one scene with Jennifer Garner, oh, when she's a prostitute, amazing scene. She's incredible, by the way, in that scene. Go fish. Yeah. From yep. Carter's face. He robs she's so her. hot in that. He, she's very hot. <laughs> he robs her of 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's another fuck. That's another trivia question I had for oh. you. <laughs> How much money it was? Uh, it was? What was the amount of the check, and then what was the difference? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Damn. So he basically robs her of four hundred bucks and has the night of his life. Um, that one was good, and then the sign. I'm gonna go with robbing Jennifer Garner of four hundred bucks. Oh, so good. Yeah. She should have had the Capital One Venture card. That's the problem. Oh man, in the '60s though, <laughs> yeah. you know, weren't they weren't so lucky? Take Pan Am flights all you want. <laughs> All right, next up, Adam. Character who we'd want to be friends with in real life. I had two here. One of them is Kyle Hanratty. He's the man. Yep. Uh, and then the next one is one of his one of his sidekicks <laughs> is Aaron Dursky. <laughs> the fat, are you mad because you had the same thing? Yep. Same thing. <laughs> yep. Same two. The same. That guy's hilarious. Guys. He's so he takes funny. The, when he's trying to get the piece of cake. When he, or, um, oh, yeah, when, when they're the sitting fork. at the Abing, Abing, uh, Abignail's house, yeah. and Carl has to hand him the fork. Yeah, he starts stabbing him with the fork or pretending to, yeah. Yeah. So what were your <laughs> reasonings for both of them? For Amdursky, he's just like a chill, funny guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like a lovable, fat loser kind of yeah, guy. You know, he's just fun we, to We'd love around, to hear right? a joke from you, Carl. Yeah, yeah he's good. He keeps it light. Um, call Hanratty though. He's 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 an honorable guy, like we mentioned before. Stand up, dude. Loves his job, works hard, but cares about others a ton. So I mean, for him, it's the more sentimental side. For Amdursky, it's just because he's a fat, funny guy. Uh, you got Amdursky spot on. I would also add to Carl that not only is he a stand up guy, like at the end of the day, but he's not afraid to be a dick when he yeah. needs to be. He's actually a dick most of the time. But uh, but he's a genuine person inside. Like yes. he just maybe he's not that he's a dick, but he doesn't take anyone's bullshit. No, he's a real straight shooter. Yeah, really. <laughs> for management, <laughs> for all over. We're already merging our first two podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, all right, who who'd you pick? Uh, I'm gonna go Amdursky. Wow, I'm going Carl. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad we we oppose on this one. I'm keeping it light. All right, next category: biggest dick, biggest <laughs> asshole. Excuse me. Uh, I have three. Okay. One of them four. is Dr. Ashland. For he's kind of a dick. Just sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really have much around him. Um, two Jack Barnes. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking stole his wife. Mm-hmm. You swooping his wife? Yeah, it's rough. And then the third one, actually, this one was a late addition. The assistant FBI director. No, Carl. You let you him get away. Oh, fuck yeah, you. That guy's a dick. Fuck you, man. That guy's a dick. I mean, they're at like the they're at the goal line. They're about to catch this guy, and he's like, "Nah, I don't think so." Cuts the cuts the operation. So yeah, he's he's an asshole. Nice. Yeah, what I about like you? those. So I had um, Brad, the bully who shoves Frank on the first day of okay. school. That guy's a dick. Like you just see him, and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck that guy." Yeah. Jack Barnes. Had him on there too. I mean, come on, he he steals. He, he's the guy who breaks up Frank's family ultimately. Yep. Um, I actually have three more here. My next two you might find controversial. Frank 
He's an asshole. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. The whole movie, he's yeah. lying to people and he's stealing he's from people. He's stealing a ton of money, yeah. He, he, guy's a dick. No, he's, he's a I wouldn't want to be friends with him. No, no. no. We did not have him on our list. No. <laughs> yeah. um, I had Carl just because, you know, scenes like with the saving the eclair for later, he's just teasing him. Mm-hmm. The knock knock, he's just telling people to go fuck themselves. He mm-hmm. likes to get on people's nerves. And then my last one is the divorce lawyer. <laughs> when Frank finds out his parents are getting a divorce and, and they, he gives Frank a sheet of paper to sign and he says, you have to write down one of your parents. And Frank is traumatized by this. He is so rattled, he doesn't know what to do. And the lawyer goes, it's very easy. It's not like you're taking a test. Just put down a name, son. You're like, it's like you yeah, too. I know. If I was in Frank's position, I'd be like, dude, I just found out two minutes ago my parents are splitting up. He has to choose. And you have to choose right now? You're an asshole, man. Not that. You're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know his name. I didn't even put down his name. But no. uh, that, that well fucking sad. dick. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Jack Barnes. Me too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fuck Jack Barnes. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> guy's a fucking... I think if we asked 100 people this question... Jack Barnes would get the most votes. Yeah. He has probably five lines in the movie. Yeah, he doesn't say a lot. No. I think that, that scene when Frank comes home and sees his mother yeah, with him, that's when he, that's he's probably drinking, when he speaks right? the most. He's got, he's got some... Does he have a drinking oh, scene? Oh, no, no, no sorry. Sure. That's when he's come home. I thought you were talking about when he goes to his mother's house in Montrachard. Oh, yes. He's, he's just sitting there in that chair sitting, like a fucking cock. Yeah, he's just <laughs> <laughs> sipping <laughs> some whiskey yeah. or whatever the fuck he's sipping. Yeah. Oh, oh but I... Yeah, he's an ass. Okay. But then it's just brutal because in the beginning of the film, him and Frank Sr. are best friends. Yeah. Your mom went off, married my friend Jack Bonds. <sighs> oh, that'd be a good trivia question. Where do they live? Because he says that the next line. They have a house and blank. Oh, you're right. I don't even remember. I don't remember what it is either. Yeah. Missed opportunity. All right, Jack Barnes, biggest dick. Now, Adam, the category at least I've been waiting for. Best quote part two, but we are doing Christopher Walken quotes. I really only have one, to be honest. I I hope it's what I think it is. I have a few, but there's one that like it is, it is. Where are you going tonight, Frank? Where are you going, Frank? Where are you going tonight? Someplace exotic, Tahiti, Hawaii. Where are you going? I love that. That wasn't really. That wasn't mine. Not That's it. not even on my list. What? That's not even on my oh, list. Oh no! Okay. <clears throat> I love yours though. That's really good. When yeah. when Frank meets him. Yeah. And um. Wait, I'm trying to think. Did I have one from that scene? I do. I do have one from that scene, but it's not Mom's that. Mom's seen you dressed like this? Is it? <laughs> so mine from that scene is when he goes, <clears throat> they're on to you, son. The United States government, champ, running for the his, hills. Pow! To the moon! <laughs> Pow! Pow! To the moon! <laughs> Very good. good. So that's the only one you had. That's the only one, Only yeah. Chris Walken quote you had. Well, I, this was the best one. <laughs> All right, well, I have a couple... Bear with me here. Yep. I'm going to end with the best one because it's more of a little monologue. But Oh, um, I do have one more. Go. It's, I don't have the exact quote, sorry. But it's, um, you have children? Because I would, or, I forgot what he says after. I was like, because I would never give up my oh, son. Oh, I'd never give but up my son. But before that, he's just like, promise you won't tell his mother. Oh, and yeah. He's like. Frank ran off and joined <laughs> the Marines. He's in <laughs> Vietnam right now. <laughs> yeah got a fake id yeah that's good that's not a chris walken impression i don't know why i'm saying my yeah, voice like that i went boston like, on it yeah I, it was weird chris walken is one of the hardest impersonations to do yeah we do better when we're thinking wedding crashers chris walken kind of Sailor. Sailor. <laughs> good man good man 
All right, so one of my Chris Walken quotes. I said it already, but it's the best when he says it. Why do the Yankees always win? Because nobody can keep their eyes off the pinstripes. Oh, that's money. And then I also have the mice one, but when he says it at mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie, because he adds a little bit to the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say the little thing. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. Doesn't doesn't Frank Jr. stand up and he's just clapping emphatically? <laughs> he, he loves him. Like, he loves his dad. Up. Oh, that was well done. Um, and here is my favorite Chris, Chris Walken line of this movie. Here we go. She's so stubborn, your mother. Don't worry. I won't let her go without a fight. I've been fighting for her since the day we met. 200 men sitting in that tiny social hall watching her dance. What was the name of that town, Frank? Mom Rashad, Dad. And this is where it gets really intense. I didn't speak a word of French. And six, six weeks later, she was my wife. And he starts bawling at the table. Unreal. Oh, it's so Unreal good. Unreal Chris Walken. I thought you were going to say, this fork is ice cold. No. <laughs> wait a, it's a wait chilled a, salad fork, Dad. It's wait, a very fancy Way to spoil my mood, Adam. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting all, all sad on us here. No, that is very really funny. <laughs> Uh, I, My son just bought me a Cadillac. Yeah. I think that calls for a toast. <laughs> to the best damn pilot in the sky. <laughs> yes. That, that's my oh, Chris Walken moment. Why didn't we talk about that scene? Oh, yeah, oh, that's a really good. good scene. That's a really good scene. No, but Chris Walken's unreal. He's that. so good. That He's emotion so good. out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually did some, some research on this. That scene with, with him was improvised. No way. Yeah. And in one take. No way. So Spielberg saw it was like, done. Chris, you I mean, man. it was perfect. Perfect? And he starts, when he goes, when, when he just goes, it's six weeks later, she was my wife. <laughs> he starts crying. It's, I, I want to tear up. It's incredible. Yeah, that's how good Chris Walken is. He's so good. Oh, well done. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so that's my Chris Walken quote. Nice. So, wait, is that your winner? That's my that's winner. winner. Yeah. That, that's my winner. Mine is my the one and only I had. About the Tahiti, Hawaii. Tahiti, Hawaii. That is really good. <laughs> Where you going tonight, Frank? Yeah. All right, next up. Which actor or actress would be fun to see replace one of the stars in this movie? I, I had two here. One of them is pretty obvious. Replacing Tom Hanks as Carl Hanratty as Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. I would. I did not think that at all, yeah. but that's pretty good. It's like The Fugitive. I like it's it. It's the same fucking movie. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Just no comedy at all in The Fugitive. No, none. Yeah. But similar. He gets fooled by Harrison Ford. But yeah. So um, Tommy Lee Jones. The other one is weird. Um, I'm interested to hear your reaction. But Frank, uh, replacing Leonardo DiCaprio is Shia LaBeouf. Just like a sleazy kid, you oh, know? I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, don't <laughs> you know know if I can, I don't like if I can see that one through, Adam. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I thought about I was taking a shit earlier today, and I thought <laughs> of that one, and I, I, I was like, yeah, that's it. I think that's I, it. No? My problem with that is because Leo, in all of his films, even when he's not really trying to be, he's so witty. 
and he's such a conniving motherfucker. Yeah. He's smarter than you. He's like a step ahead of you. And that's Frank Abagnale. And so that's why Leo fits so perfectly. Shia LaBeouf is not that at all. I mean, in Transformers. <laughs> Holes, baby. He communicates that. with robots. <laughs> I, hey, you know, it's, it's your call. I'm happy you yeah, chose I Shia mean, LaBeouf. I personally would not agree with that. Okay, but, um, but yeah, I... I want to get back, ask you about Tommy Lee Jones, though. Yeah. So are you thinking like Men in Black Tommy Lee Jones? Um, I'm thinking more the fugitive, but they're kind of similar, right? Like they're kind of. they're just chasing well, just down. Like and this. Like, <laughs> I'm going to catch this motherfucker. Yeah. But and like he, he could still do the hi. <laughs> he, yeah. He wouldn't be able to be from Boston, though, because I cannot see Tommy Lee Jones no. doing a Boston accent. No, he's very country. Be a little different. But he's – I think he's got the ability to be – Kind of witty, because in Men in Black, right? He's got he, no, he can be witty, witty for you know? sure. So I think, um, and also the straight shooter in him. So I think I, I think it's a very similar role. Yeah, kind of. I don't. Have you seen No Country for Old Men? I haven't. So that's he. He's that. You know, he's the sheriff of a of a small Texas town, and it's just like this old time. But he's trying to find the bad guy. So I can imagine him searching for Frank and being like, "You said something about the Yankees." Yankees are good because they got Mickey Mantle. We just need – if it took place in Texas, it would be the perfect. It would be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Say something about the Rangers. <laughs> um, so I had one here. Um, I had – so I think Hanks and Leo are perfect in this movie. I wouldn't – I didn't even put anyone it's down. Tough. Yeah, that's why I got them. Shia LaBeouf. But I would like someone more popular to play Paula, Frank's mother. She's She's hmm. good. She's good in this in this movie, but who the fuck is she? Yeah, that's true. Nobody knows who she is. So I would like Kate Blanchett to play Mrs. Oh. Abagnale. One, she's a she's foreign. She's from Australia, but she can well, play she can no, <laughs> she can play a variety of different roles, and she's really good at different accents. And she has this sexy and aggressive demeanor to her, and she's not afraid to be a She's not one to be made a fool of. She, I feel like she would really thrive in the divorce scene when she sits down next to Frank and she says, your father and I are getting a divorce. <laughs> She's not French. Yeah, but she could sound like a French woman. I just think... Paint Kate, me like one of your French girls. That's oh, what you're man. Getting. Kate, Kate Winslow. She's great. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, Kate Blanchett, I'd, I'd, and also if there was a bigger star as Frank's mother, maybe they would give her more of a presence in the movie. I mean, not that she like needs more, but yeah. maybe, I don't know. I, okay. feel, like, I feel like, I love yeah, Kate like Blanchett. That. I feel like she would have been amazing as I think Frank's that's mother. good. Yeah. So, that's your one. That's my, that's my only one. If I'm one. choosing one, I feel like I can't go above on this one after the You do, you do you, man. You no, do I'm going to stick with Tommy Lee Jones and Carl Henry. All right. So, that's decided. Next one up here. I, I think you did this on purpose just to just to get me going. But would this movie be better or worse with Michael J. Fox in it? If so, what would his role be? Can I answer this first? I absolutely. Okay, so why I wanted to put his name on there. Okay, first of all, Parkinson's. Yes. First of all, no. <laughs> totally. Okay. First of all, I think this movie would absolutely be better with him in it. Oh, thank God. And that was the right answer. There yes. was a right or wrong, and you got it. And he would play Mr. Fox. Well, that's a layup. No, but but <laughs> but, but again, when I thought of this role, and I'm not shitting you, I did not even think of the last names. 
I was picturing Michael J. Fox as Mr. Fox, that third cop. He's smaller, he, he's kind of soft-spoken, but can play that little like anxious role. He's searching through his papers for, yeah, for the, for the, yeah, for the French town. Fidgety a little bit, yeah. A little fidgety. And if MJF was in there, they'd give him a little bigger presence. I think he would be amazing as, like as Mr. Fox. So it'd be, really it'd be like Hanks, that. Mr. Fox, and uh, uh, Mdursky. Oh. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. The three of them. I, yeah, Earl Mdursky. I, I think I think Michael J. Fox would be unbelievable what in that role. What a trio! Yeah. I feel like he and Mdursky would really feed off each other yeah. too. Oh, that's good. All right, I like it. I like that you like MJF in the movie. Yes. So uh, I obviously am going to put Michael J. Fox in it. Um, I have two. And it's actually pretty similar. Um, I do have him as part of the FBI team. Nice. Um, you know, Carl introduces the rest of the team that he has, who's Fox and Amdursky. You know, hey, we got another guy. Um, and it's this is obviously fictional. And it's uh, Michael J. Fox's character. And he's supposed to be, like, the best in the biz. Like, identifying fraudulent checks. I like it. I like it. And he's got like the device and they went, to, they go to meet him and he's like, you can't stop moving. Oh, you gotta be <laughs> fucking kidding me. You want him to have Parkinson's in the fucking movie? Well, it's like the Curb episode where he's got Parkinson's yeah, in it. Yeah, Curb? This is Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg's not gonna write a character to have Parkinson's to be funny. He's not, a, he's not afraid to push the envelope. Oh my God, that is ridiculous. <laughs> the other one is uh, he just gets in a time machine. It's even harder to catch Leo. So he is Leo and he, he has a time machine. So you're combining Back to the Future and Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I am, yeah. I like it. That, yeah. that I like. Where's Doc Brown then? Where's Christopher Lloyd? Uh, good, good question. Chris Walken can play Doc Brown. Ah! <laughs> Quite Scott. <laughs> wow, Marty. Oh, Marty. That's oh, that's good. Yeah. So that was no, more Pee Wee Herman, but I'll take I, I guess uh, I have one dark and one unrealistic option yes. for you. So. so which one are you picking? If you had to pick, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of withdrawing myself from this conversation. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I played this one correctly. <laughs> hey, you can play it. There's no rules here. It's just, would he be better in this movie? And if yeah. so, what would he be doing? Yeah, I mean, the time machine is a little ridiculous. So I'm gonna start. With, I'm gonna stick with the Parkinson's uh, FBI guy. Okay. <laughs> the Parkinson's FBI guy. Yeah. It's the Parkinson's. It's, it's the, the Parkinson's. Parkinson's. It's the Parkinson's. All right. What do you? Um. So next category. Which actor do you think would be most annoying to work with? Was most annoying to work with? If we were to guess, because we really have no idea. Yeah, it's all I, guessing. I only had one here. Me too. I hope we had the same one. Uh, I had Martin Sheen. Yeah, baby. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding you. Martin Sheen, no baby. Way. The reason I put, I, I, well, I didn't, I just put no reason, really. <laughs> I just, it's just hard to impress, I, I guess. Put, yeah. I don't know. So here, I'm going to read you exactly what I wrote. It might not even make sense. Martin Sheen as Roger Strong, Brenda's father. No other reason than the guy just seems like he'd be an ass in real life, sort of pretentious. The same way he is in The Departed when he's the chief of police. He's just yes. kind of a prick. <laughs> it's pretty much the exact same reasoning Unreal. I had. Well, I could just see them on set. He's probably the oldest guy in the movie mm-hmm. and he's just kind of hard to please you know the lunch buffet they don't bring him uh, the right vegetarian <laughs> options i asked for eggplant and you brought me raw cucumber <laughs> some shit like that see i see him as a guy who like wants everything in the scene he, he's kind of like co-directing he feels like <laughs> in his scene he's like oh, let's, let's, let's move that over there 
and he wants it like perfect and he's got like no time and tom hanks is like are you fucking kidding me with this guy you know he's got like four lines in the goddamn movie and he's trying to direct they spend like 50 percent of the film time on his like three little scenes that he has yeah. and i mean he's really good in his scenes oh he's great but uh, yeah I could, and uh, i could see a problem him officer I could, <laughs> I could see him doing what you just said trying to like direct and then spielberg to be like hey marty Go take a Let's seat. Take a back seat. Go take a seat until <laughs> yeah. you're up, buddy. Go take a seat. Wow, yeah. that is great. Oh, uh, Martin Sheen. <clears throat> All right, my favorite category, trivia. I, I'm a little upset here. I mean, I'll, I'll, I think you've already answered the question. So the first one was, how much does Frank um, and Jennifer Gardner? Um, I'm blanking on her name. How, how much do they the agree? Up, yeah. yeah. How much do they agree upon for one night? eventually yeah. so he gives her he has a she charges him a thousand bucks he has a check for 1400 yep she pays him the difference and she pays him the difference and it's a fraudulent check so he just makes 400 bucks to have sex so with we'll skip that one the next one was finish the quote tell me you wrote down the name of the village mr fox mal rashad yeah there Amazing. you go chill scene, chill scene. um and then i already alluded to the other one for the bonus here was what have they not heard of in that town Oh. Wait, we talked about this already? Uh, I mentioned it in passing. Frank's mom says it. You know, the kind of town where they haven't... Heard of Sarah Lee. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yes. There it is. Yes. Um, and then I have two other ones. Why don't we just rattle them off? Do it, yes. You're, keep going. You're on a roll. Third one is, what is Frank's job in prison? The mailman. Yep. All right. I already I got a job. Deliver the mail. Deliver the mail. Yeah. And the last one I have here is name the two countries other than France that the Heidelberg, a monster, can be found. It was printed on a monster, a Heidelberg, four colors. What were the what were the two other countries other than France? France. Oh, uh, Germany was one. Correct. And Belgium. Great Britain. Oh, yeah. got me. Germany, Great Britain, France, France. Ice. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, that was really good. France. <laughs> France. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I have four questions here. What's the name, first and last name, of the girl Frank is planning on bringing to the junior prom, but he doesn't? Because oh. he runs away from home, obviously. Does it start with an M? Does not. Great. I don't know it. What is it? Joanna Carlton. Oh, wow. I would have never gotten that. Mom, remember that girl Joanna Carlton I told you about? I asked her out. I think we're going to go to the junior prom together. Nice. And then he says it in another scene. When he ran away from home, I think he's on the phone with his dad. Tell Joanna Carlton, I'm sorry, I can't go to the prom. No way. Wow. I did not pick up on that. That was well done. All right. All right. What are the two things... That every pilot must have on him at all times. Is it his badge? Or it's one. I... Airline personnel badge is one. This next one's tough. Uh, what kind of equipment you on there? I don't know. Your FAA license. Oh, yes. That's when he's walking as like a uh, yeah he's the he's shadowing the, and yeah, he's, he's taking the, he's notes. The, he's a reporter. He's or whatever. the kid from the school newspaper. Yes. Yeah. He's like, there's two things you gotta have on you at all. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Nice. All right, I'm over too. Uh, my third one, and this 
this really isn't a fair question, I guess, if you haven't seen the movie. But um, when Frank goes to see James Bond in theaters, which Bond movie is it? It's like probably the most famous James Bond movie ever. But it's also the third James Bond movie made ever. So made in 1964. So uh, yeah, yeah Goldfinger. Oh, I was going to say Goldfinger. I should have just said I should've it. Just God said damn it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Catch Me If You Can was nominated for two Oscars. Can you name what the nominations were and who was nominated for them? Oh, fuck. <clears throat> uh, um, Tom Hanks, Best Supporting. You got half. Chris Walken, Best Supporting. There's one, yep. Damn it. And um, Spielberg Directing? Uh-uh. No? The Score. John Williams. Really? Oh, John Williams did the fucking yeah. score. John Williams is a legend. Oh, man, that guy's incredible. Yeah. But the score is so good in this movie. Oh, it it's is. one of the things that it's every scene when Frank has like a, a new idea, the score just picks up. It just, yeah. It's really wow. good. The, when, the when timing I think of, of the, the chill score. scenes, it's because of. No, 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 no. Right? No, 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 no. Oh, damn. The score is really good. that win? I don't think so. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. <clears throat> it should have. I don't know what else won that year. It's a good question. Yeah. So that's it for my trivia. So I went over four. I got partial credit <clears throat> on some of them, though. So. Hey, you guessed Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. then you also got the badge. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. I'm dying over here. I need some water. Good thing we have water. Yeah. Gatorade. All right. <clears throat> Plot what ifs. Go ahead. Right. I have three. <clears throat> Should we just rattle back and forth? Yeah, we'll back and forth. What if Frank did run away after getting his FBI job? So if he ran again? I have that. <clears throat> oh, I just worded as, what if Frank actually leaves at the end? Yep. <clears throat> I, does the movie keep going? I mean, I, I don't think Hanratty can stop chasing him. That, it's my <clears throat> job. That would, be, that would also be a good ending to the movie, too. If Frank was like, fuck it, and he left. And Carl is sitting there staring at the clock, and he just never comes in. And then it shows Frank like in the cockpit of a plane or something. <laughs> yeah. That would actually be a good ending. And then they would have to change the um, um, like the ending subtitles when they say like what happens to them in real life. Yeah, it would have to be like Frank William Abagnale was never found. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> Got really into the sixties. <laughs> Makes sense. Took place uh, in the sixties. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, that'd be t- I, I would not be a fan of the movie ending that way, but... No, the it way be, it ends is yeah. is the best, but if we were thinking of an alternative ending... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, or what's your first one there? Uh, so, th- so that was one, and then this is my only other one. Tropicana Motel. Oh, God. What if Carl opens Frank's wallet right away? Well, that's it? Well, see, I don't know, actually. Like, why the... F- why the hell didn't he open the wallet right away? He asked well, to see well, his wallet. Well, there's a few things that, you know, Hanratty gets fooled a few times. He does. He's kind of absent-minded. Yeah, he's not a great detective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if he opens it right away? So when Frank is still in the... Yeah, so the moment when Carl says, let me see some credentials. Yeah. And Frank hands him his wallet, and he's standing right in front of him, 
and he like puts his wallet, puts Frank's wallet in his coat pocket, or he's like holding on to it. Why doesn't he just open honest, his wallet right away and put the guy in fucking cuffs, and then you got him? <laughs> Knowing what I know about Hanratty, Frank would have fooled him. You're like, oh yeah, no, that's uh, that was on the other guy who I caught. You know, he, he would spin it some way. Maybe I just I. Like, Carl's absent-minded, but he's a detective for a reason. I mean, when he opens the wallet, finally, he's like, oh, fuck, I got fooled. Imagine if he does it right away. What, is, what does Frank say? Does, he's like, oh, that's my, uh, I'm actually an actor part-time, and that's my theater wallet. That's my yeah. stage wallet. <laughs> it was, was it Jerry Gallo? No, but... C-A-L-L-O. <laughs> no, I, I mean, also, you could also argue Hanratty should have gone to the guy with the printing press and been like, Hey, where was this check made? Like first thing you see the movie. Like, hey, where was this printed? It took him till the end of the movie to go to the guy who talks about the Heidelberg. So, Hanratty, kind of sucks. <laughs> He's not that great. He's not that great. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I, that's a that'd be a tough one. Kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um, I have two more here. What if Frank Senior didn't die? Trying to catch a subway, trying to catch a train. Fell down some steps, broke his neck. I'm sorry, Frank. So if he didn't die, what would be Frank's way of getting out of that one? Because remember, he used it as an excuse. I mean, not as an excuse. He was distraught. But to go to the back of the airplane, cry, and then escape out through the airplane bathroom. You know, I don't, I don't think Frank would have tried to escape because he seemed pretty... Content is not the word, but he seemed like he had reached his, he seemed like he had reached the end. Like he had almost given up. Like, all right, Carl got me. Fuck it. Like, done. But then when Carl tells him his dad died, and especially when he hid it from him for a while, Frank explodes. That's his breaking point. And he's like, fuck this. I'm getting off this plane and just gunning it. So, so my answer to your question is I don't think he would have tried to escape at all. You don't think so? See, I, I <clears throat> his dad supported the, the behavior that he had. He did. So I think that he would eventually, maybe not there, so, I don't know, somehow he would have tried to escape, whether it's in the airport after they land something. But, yeah, I don't know. It would have changed a lot. Yeah. And Frank, I mean, Hanratty still would have eaten the eclair. But <laughs> that doesn't change that. But yeah. And then, okay, so I have one more here. All right. That was a good one. I like that one. What if Paula didn't marry Jack Barnes? Fucking, fucking dick. Oh, I hate God. that guy. Jack fucking Barnes. Yeah. Great name, though. If she, I know. That's, Jack Barnes. Sounds like a, like a baseball player from the 20s. It does. Jack or, Barnes. or it's a. Uh, well, I'm thinking of 24 Jack Bauer. That's oh, probably oh, very oh, similar. Yeah. Well, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland would have been a replacement for Jack Barnes. <laughs> would Kiefer Sutherland be good in this movie? Probably not. No, he no. whispers too much. Yeah, <laughs> he's too soft-spoken. Even when he's a dick in movies, like in Stand By Me, when he's when he's Ace, the villain, oh, yeah. he just talks like this the yeah. whole time. I don't think he Wanting can talk Wanting to fucking louder. kill your kids. Yeah, no. Yeah. So he would not be good in that movie. But yeah, I mean, if, if she didn't marry Jack Barnes, I mean, does Frank spend more of his... Um, more of his life focusing on getting his dad and mom back together and maybe less on the fraud side? I, I don't know. Because his fraud that's is a great that's question. his escape. Yeah. And as that story kind of unfolds of his parents growing farther and farther apart, that's where Frank kind of reverts more and more to, you know, the cheating and his, and his 
scamming behaviors. So. Yeah. No, that that's a really good what if. I this may sound kind of crazy, but I think if his parents if his mom never got with Jack Barn, he may actually have continued forging checks because he says to his dad so many times, Daddy, I'm gonna get it all back for us. I'm gonna get it all back for us. Cause his dad lost all their money. I mean, that's why Paula left him. Mm-hmm. So I think <clears throat> it also would have pushed him to just try to make money to give to his family. I think either way, regardless, Frank was addicted to what he was doing. Clearly, yeah. clearly an addict. Would so you, I don't think he would have stopped. This is completely off topic, but when you were talking about getting the money all back, it reminded me of Parasite. Oh, baby. <laughs> right? yeah, no, that ending I mean, is so It's really good. similar. It's like you want to do well for your family or whatever. Yeah. Um, How, and, and, and Parasite, that, that fantasy at the end that he has is yeah. so amazing. Oh, and then the reunion in the backyard, but then it, the camera goes down and it shows him in the, real time. I have the chills right now. Incredible. I have the chills right now. Incredible. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. Oh, God, you did it again. Oh, baby. (laughs) That was good. If only catch me if you can, could win it. Yeah. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Spife. Too often we are faced with the difficult challenge of deciding which utensil to bring with us on a picnic or camping trip. Do we bring the fork, the spoon, or even the knife? Throw away conventional thinking and bring the Spife. The Spife is uniquely designed to offer all of the benefits of a knife and a spoon in one. Need to cut your sandwich in half? Use the sharp edge of the Spife, which never needs sharpening. Trying to scoop in a dollop of your mom's favorite stew? Use the curved side. The Spife offers everything you need in one utensil, without the hassle of bringing two items. To get your new Spife, call now and use the promo code BUTTERLESS. That's promo code BUTTERLESS you'll get half off plus a free plastic sample of the Nork. Food sold separately. And now, back to the show. If you were to take one scene and make it into a musical, which scene would it be? I'll let you you go at this one first. I have two here. Um, Oh, wait, no, I actually just have one. Never mind. I have one and a fun fact. Okay. So my one scene is when Frank confesses to Brenda who he actually is before he jumps out the window at the engagement party. I don't know. For some reason, I could see that. if it, I'm picturing it if it was on stage on Broadway and she walks into the room and he's like, I'm not who I am. <laughs> like, my name is Frank Black or Frank Taylor or Frank Connors and here's all this money Look that I cash. have. Look at the <laughs> cash. Look at the cash. <laughs> Let's jump out the window. Let's run away. Let's get away from all these people today. Like, Miami Airport. <laughs> 10 a.m., 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Say it again. People 10 coming. <laughs> oh, shit. That's uh, good. Yeah. So I can, that, that's the only one I, I really had. And then um, you say yours, and then I'll say my fun fact. All right. So mine would be uh, at the Miami Airport scene when Hanratty gets fooled. Um, you know, he sees the, the car, um, and the driver in there is holding the hand ready sign. We keep talking about it, but, um, <laughs> it's just like, uh, it breaks out into the who. So I won't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> and like Carl's making a pledge that he's like done getting fooled and he's going <laughs> to, he's going to catch this guy. I'm going to catch him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just like, it, he's got his whole team with him and they're just singing along like, 
the Tropicana Hotel, <laughs> the car, <laughs> like just everything. So it's just, it's sponsored by the Who. I don't, yes. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Hand ready won't get fooled again. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Is that the only one? That's it. Nice. So my fun fact, in 2009, Catch Me If You Can was turned into a musical. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't have done well. Uh, it only <laughs> ran for 170 shows, and they stopped it. Oh, no. So it where was, was like, it? Where was it playing? Uh, so I didn't see where it started, but it ended on Broadway. And a guy named Norbert Leo Butts, who played Carl Hanready, won a Tony Award. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. We got we got to see that. <laughs> I mean, it's not on it. It went from it went from 2009 to 2011, and then they stopped it. That's, uh, that's, you could probably YouTube it or something. That's a good fun fact. Yeah, I wonder if any of the scenes we mentioned are in that musical. That would be incredible. That would be amazing. <laughs> we won't get fooled again. <laughs> it makes no sense. No, uh, I love it. I love uh, it. So good. <laughs> All right, Adam. This is where we're getting a little deep. Place the movie in the eyes of another character. Now, describe the plot. <clears throat> I have two. First one is placing the movie in the eyes of Brenda. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. She lives in a very conservative family that expects nothing but the best. She lands a nursing job, but keeps dating losers who her parents don't approve of. Then she finally, quote, hits the jackpot with Frank. He's a doctor and a lawyer. But Frank isn't, uh, Frank isn't sure if it's, or sorry, Brenda's not sure if it's too good to be true. You know, she's always kind of second guessing, like, how did I land this doctor and lawyer? And so she essentially spends her whole life trying to impress him to feel that she is worthy for him. Uh, but at the end of the day, she, you know, she comes to find out that really he's not worthy because he's a fraud. And it's kind of that development that takes place of her, you know, working her ass off and then snapping at the end because, uh, because Frank all along was, was just a piece of shit. That's spectacular. That's better than both of mine, actually. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, I'm a fan. So it's kind of like her. Uh, I have nothing. That, her, was, that was perfect. Her, her growing. <laughs> that was old school. I love Rage that. and Cajun. Uh, Rage and Cajun Carville. Uh, no, I like that. Her growing up and by the end realizing that she's a grow, uh, you know, her own woman and can't take that shit yes. from nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just trying to, she's playing second fiddle the whole time. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, fuck this guy. I'm my own. Yeah. Um, is the abortion in it? Is <laughs> Because she gets an abortion. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Just shows we'll keep the it in there. Rough patch in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> Very dark. Um, nice. Yeah. We can go to your uh, go to yours, sure. and then we'll come back to my other one. Sure. Um, through the eyes of Frank Senior. Nice. Oh, mine's also Frank. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Nice. Yeah. Let's go. Chris Walken. Um, so he starts as a man who has it all. He's it starts as his days in the army when he meets his wife, the woman of his dreams, and they have they have a son, and and he has a an amazing life, beautiful home, lots of money, owns a good store, and then he just makes the wrong moves, and the IRS takes all of his money. So it's about his slow demise, his issues with money. Um, and then it's his tragic death at the ending. Nice. Yeah, at the ending. Yeah. I like that. It's going to be a dark comedy or real, something. Real. It's not even a comedy. I think, I think it'd think be that, funny. That's a... <laughs> the IRS, <laughs> they stole my money. But 
My son Frank, I will never lose, I will never bail on my son. I will never. I will never give up my son. I will never give up my son. Thank you for finishing my quote. Uh, no, that's good. I, I Mine's somewhat similar, so I placed it in the eyes of Frank Sr. Uh, you know, he's always scheming, acting like, you know, he's someone who he's not in real life. And, you know, he gets married, and he actually thought, he actually thought once he's married and has a child that his behavior would change. You know, he would kind of start stop pretending and realize what's important in life. Uh, but he can't, he can't stop. He can't stop. He can't stop. <laughs> um, he's 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 ultimately very close with his son and his goal is actually to make sure that his son frank doesn't turn into him um but because frank senior can't stop frank jr starts you know realizing you know what he's become and then frank senior starts to try to clean it up but then a divorce happens you know his, his life starts you know getting in shambles similar to what you just said the irs comes calling um and so once those, you know, once that all happened, his morals go out the window and he starts scheming again, even harder. And then, um, you know, right before he dies, he realizes he kind of made a big mistake because his son is turning into exactly him. And he realizes that right before breaks his heart and he dies. That's deep. That's, yeah. that's deeper than mine. I like that ending when he sees the monster that he created. Yeah. He's Frankenstein. And there's nothing he can do. I like it. He just slowly dies. So he doesn't break his neck at the end. Uh, he still does. Okay. Uh, it's unrelated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got he's it. also got like a terminal illness. Right. Okay. So he's not. Okay. So he, wait. So he has a terminal illness <laughs> no, he, and he falls down and breaks his neck? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It makes no sense. Fuck, man. All right. Yeah, tough um, life, but he deserves it. My last one is who else? Carl Hanready through oh, the eyes yeah. of Carl. Um, same, essentially the same plot because he's chasing Frank, but we see more of his personal life. And we see more of his background story, especially the demise of his relationship with his family. Because the whole yeah, time... Yeah, touch on it. But I mean, like, he he has a daughter that he doesn't ever see or talk to. So what the fuck happened, Carl? How did yeah. that happen? Yeah. So exploring that while he's chasing Frank. You know what's amazing, <clears throat> though, is, like, that's why he's got such a... Well, it's part of the reason he's got such a connection to Frank. Is he gets it? Hey, he gets you know, it. like he's living the same thing where the daughter is separated. He doesn't see it a lot, and mm-hmm. so he he understands the angst and the pain that his child has to go through, and he I I think he senses that in Frank a bit, and I think that's why he realizes you know he's a kid and that he feels for him and he's trying to protect him, and in some ways become his father figure. In no, a way. he's his I mentor. He's yeah. not only he's not only Frank's like father figure slash mentor. He's also the only friend he's really had right which is fucking crazy you could argue that hanratty needs frank you know more than anything in this movie and that you know without like this is this is what kind of completes hanratty here yeah and i think it you know i don't want to get all sentimental here but hanratty completes frank too yeah frank doesn't have any friends either no i mean he loves his father but like when his father passes away Obviously, he doesn't speak to his mother anymore. She's with Jeff Bonds. <laughs> and he talks to Carl every Christmas. Carl's the one tracking him down. Yeah. Frank's always on the move, trying to stay a step ahead. So it's not like he's settling down anywhere, meeting people. Besides right. Brenda, but like, it's Carl, man. They need each other. It's Carl. Their chemistry is dynamite. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. God. It's so good. I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to watch it right after Let's this. Let's turn it on. <laughs> it's okay. All right. 
Um, so I'm going with Carl. Through the eyes nice. of Carl. I love that. What I'm going do? Brenda. No, that, that's, that's a good one. I like yeah. that. All right. If you could redo Catch Me If You Can in a different genre, what would you choose? I had a tough time. The movie's so good. Yeah, I don't want to change uh, anything yeah, about it. Yeah. But um, I went with a comedy. The FBI hires some budget detective. <laughs> a budget detective. That <laughs> keeps getting fooled and looks like a jackass. You just can't get his guy. He ends up burning thousands of dollars from the bureau trying to catch this guy running all over like international countries just to catch him. And he can't, but then it's like kind of a happy ending because he finally gets his guy and everyone's clapping because the budget shit detective <laughs> finally lands his dude. So Is that Carl? Is he the budget detective? He's the budget detective. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Pink Panther in a way. You know, it's Yeah, like the a, guy's just so clumsy and right. terrible at his job. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's uh, what is it? Clouseau or what? Jacques Clouseau. Jacques Clouseau. No, no, that no, no, that's, the, no that's fucking Jacques, Jacques Clouseau. Clouseau is the guy who uh, underwater, it is... Uh, Who's the Pink Panther? I want to say it is Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau? I don't know. Mm. Okay. Anyway, that's my comedy. Yeah, nice. Um, I had this as a thriller. Oh, yeah. So it starts off as normal. Carl, Chase, and Frank. And then maybe it takes a turn at the motel. And Carl sees what Frank is doing, and he wants in. So Carl becomes a dirty cop. And the two of them team up and start forging checks and stealing millions together, and they go on the run, and they kill some folks along the way. Fuck yes. Yeah. So is there a fucking rat? Carl's the fucking rat. Carl's the fucking rat. rat. He might as well be in the department. No, but Mr. Fox is... he. He's was, the, wait, Mr. Fox? How's like, my, Mr. Fox is the rat who, like, tells the FBI that there's someone in working with Frank. And he doesn't know it's Hanratty. Oh, well, well, no, then that means Hanratty's the rat. Because Hanratty's the guy who's part of the FBI, but he's working with Frank. I'm thinking of... No, 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 the rat is in the operation, is an FBI agent. Right. But, like, posing as he's part of the operation... But instead, he's reporting back to the FBI. Okay, see, I was thinking Rat as someone who's in the FBI. No, that's just and, dirty. And who's, I, I just <laughs> yeah. take someone who's posing in the FBI, but gotcha. he's actually oh, the gotcha. criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, like, yeah. I, like, I like that, <laughs> Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah. No, so no that, but that, I like that a lot. Yeah, that, that, that was my that was my. You, I don't my think you even need to change the score at all. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe a little darker, but... Maybe some who. We won't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah. Keep bringing that back, baby. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, that'd be so, good. Yeah, that I like that. So, uh, if you could change one thing about Catch Me If You Can, what would it be? Make Carl a better fucking detective, man. Yeah, <laughs> or have a better a team. It takes him years to get Frank. Years. Too. Yeah. I mean, he. why did it take him so long to figure out where the check was printed, to figure to open up the wallet? You know, he keeps getting fooled. And also, his team sucks. Mr. Fox is just there to take notes. Yeah. That's it. Amdursky doesn't do anything. Besides, probably, like, tell fart jokes. Yeah, I think he's he's like the freshman cop who's, <laughs> who's in here. 
And he's just like, fuck yeah, guys. Let's go. First guy. Let's go get him. Let's he's, go get he's him. He's like Paul Blart. Paul <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. He draws his gun when it's not necessary, yeah. you know? Like, Oh, man. Yeah. That takes out his gun to shoot and he completely misses. <laughs> yeah. It just fires in the sky. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Funny. Give him a better team. Make him a better detective. All right. Yeah. What about you? Um, nobody. And I know Frank is brilliant. But nobody can just open up a book and in two weeks pass the bar exam. People study for that for months and even a year sometimes. Maybe plural, years. There's no way he opens up a book and studies for two weeks and passes the bar. Aside from watching movies, yeah, there's there's no way. No, there's no way. So if I could change one thing, I'd be like... I studied for six months and I passed. Or I studied I, for, I studied for two months and I passed. Two months is even more realistic, but two weeks? Yeah, two weeks is ridiculous. Two weeks? Two weeks ago? <laughs> I think we nice. I think we we've had actually a trivia question. You've asked me this before, like months ago, how long it took Frank to study for the yeah. bar exam. I didn't get it, but it yeah, two yeah, weeks. Two it is, weeks. But then would would Carl be questioning it if you know it'd be like oh I studied for six months he'd be like oh okay how the fuck do you have time to forge all those checks if you were studying <laughs> yeah, right. for the bar I mean to be fair like all he did was forge the checks I mean probably takes about an hour of his day right yeah I I yeah. think two months I think that's fair two months would be better that's but a two fair weeks criticism. is like could Bill Gates pass the bar. If he studied for two weeks and yeah, had never so. read a law book, well, especially in his life. having it every day, he's like, a doctor or whatever, or yeah. like whenever it was. I mean, yeah, unless he was in between jobs. Exactly. No. So two weeks is bullshit. I think that's with very his schedule fair. too. Yeah. Very fair. Um, all right. This this next category is fun. We're gonna do Mount Rushmores, or does the, does this movie make the Mount Rushmore for Leo, Hanks, or Steven Spielberg? Uh, the floor is yours, Adam. All right, I'll, we'll we'll do one at a time. We'll do one at a time. I'll, 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 we'll start with Leo. Start with Leo. Absolutely. I'm not a huge Leo fan. We've talked about this. Um, th- this actually is my favorite Leo lead role. Um, but really, I mean, this this one's the first that comes to mind. The Revenant comes to mind. He won an Oscar for it. I gotta fucking give I it to him. I thought you didn't like that movie. Oh, I didn't like the movie, but I like his role in the okay. movie. I, the movie was stupid. The guy hides in a shut fucking your, bear. You shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Wait, what, what, you shut an your Oscar for going mouth. to bear. I love The Revenant. Yeah, you shut your mouth when you you're talking to me. You shut your fucking mouth. All right, fine. So, um, yeah, give me Catch Me If You Can. Give me The Revenant. My ultimately favorite Leo role of all time is Django Unchained. He's very good in Django. Um, well, I have a whack cake. <laughs> What's gonna be, Doc? <laughs> He's so good in that movie. He's good. Um, honestly, those are the three roles and of Leo that that I actually like. So it's oh, yeah. it's absolutely in my Mount Rushmore. Okay. I I'm not sure if it makes my my Mount Rushmore to be honest. So it it made my my five favorite Leo roles, and I don't really know what we're considering to be the Mount Rushmore. It's got to be four. It's, five, it's got to be four, right? Yeah, yeah the four presidents. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. It's got to be four. So if it, I don't if think it's, I can name those, by the way, if, that was a good job. Oh, right, thank you. If it's four, because I got we have the Revenant. I love the Revenant. I think it's an incredible movie. I think he's incredible in it. So that's on there. 
The Departed. Oh, yeah, no, chalk that up. Good call. He is so good in The Departed. And there are many great actors in that movie. Mark Wahlberg is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon's very good. Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson is fine in it, but like that movie is Leo's, in my opinion. Yep. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he rocks in that movie. And I know it just came out. I only saw it once, so it's bold to say that that's on my Leo Mount Rushmore. But he was amazing in that movie. Okay, a little bit of recency bias, maybe. A little bit. I mean, I saw it like almost a year ago, but whatever. Okay. And then uh, Blood Diamond. I've never saw that. Danny Archer. Never saw it. So uh, him and Dijman Houston play, do you know the plot? No, I don't. No, it takes place in, uh, in Sierra Leone in the 90s. Uh, and Danny Archer plays a South African, basically diamond smuggler, and Dijman Houston plays a, a mercenary who dug a diamond somewhere, and so they partner up to go chase to, to go get the diamond that he dug up. But then it has a lot to do with like uh, like child soldiers and okay, really good. Uh, and then catch me if you can. So if I had to decide on four and remove one. Fuck it, I'm removing Blood Diamond. Catch me if you can. Yeah, let's get him in there. Yeah, okay. Dishman Houston makes Blood Diamond more than Leo does. Perfect. So, right. I like it. All right, so we both got him in there. Yeah, Hanks, you're up. Unfortunately, no. And I, it, it really pains me. I love Carl, and I love this movie, but, I mean, I was just going through the, the I mean, Forrest Gump is a shoe-in. Castaway, I put on there. I mean, it's it's all Hanks, you yeah. know. It's it's so good. Saving Private Ryan, actually. I mean, this saving movie, Ryan's privates. Save, <laughs> saving Ryan's privates. I mean, Catch Me If You Can, in my opinion, is a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. But Hanks and Saving Private Ryan is so no. good. Also, Steven Spielberg, by the way. Also, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a yeah. second. Um, and then. You know, I didn't know where actually like number four would be. I did put Toy Story on the. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. It's only voice acting, but he's incredible. Toy Story four, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, no, I mean, and you know, I can go on and on, but it, he's definitely in the top ten here, probably top seven or eight. I couldn't get him on the Mount Rushmore. I, I do agree. Um, it's it's really tough with Tom Hanks. He's been doing his thing for almost 40 years now and he's his run in the 90s was unprecedented so i have catch me if you can in the five okay but it's the one that i removed because the other Uh, four are big castaway forrest gump and philadelphia and i that's fair and it's like do i like catch me if you can more than i like the movie philadelphia i do but do I like Tom Hanks' performance in Philadelphia more than his performance at Catch Me If You Can? Yes, I do. That's fair. It's yeah, tough. I mean, so, it's Hank, when you have so many lead roles, right? And you kill really all hard, of them. Really hard. Here's really here's hard. a side question here. I, yes. I forgot to mention this earlier, but is is Tom Hanks the Tom Brady of Hollywood? Think about it. He he's not like the best actor. He's very good. Like really good. Yeah. But he's not the best, like technically, no. skill wise, you know? But he's always in the best movies. <laughs> it's a great question. Uh and he just gets it done. He gets it done. He gets it done. Yeah. He he would be nothing without the amazing movies that he's in. 
but the amazing movies would be nothing without Tom Hanks. I do agree with that. One counter to that is Tom Hanks has not really been in a great movie, or nor has he been great, in my opinion, in a while now. Wow. And Tom Brady won Super Bowls early in his career, and he won Super Bowls late in his career. So you're saying he aged better. Tom Brady Tom has Hanks. certainly aged better than Tom Hanks. I did see the post, which was a year or two ago that came out. Hanks was good. Yeah. But I what about Captain post. Phillips? So Captain Phillips, I think, is Tom Hanks' last great movie. That yeah. was in 2013, um, I think. It was thirteen or fourteen. It was yeah, thirteen. It was it was there. Yeah, for sure. He um, he plays a similar role than what he's used to in Captain Phillips. Like that's kind of his like it's kind of like Castaway in a a way. But it's you know it's like that's your like vintage Hanks role. But sure, uh, that's fair. Fair criticism. Yeah. No, I I'm not sure. I, I think Tom. Tom Hanks is amazing. They both start with Tom, so. Yes, they do it. But I think Tom Brady is a slight step above. Fair. Yes. You can't argue with the yeah. goat, so. All right. Steven Spielberg. This one, yikes. Tough. Yeah. I um, I actually do have this in my top. So, so to clarify, this needs to be a Spielberg-directed film, Correct. not produced. Yes. And I have it barely cracking the Mount Rushmore, so... Schindler's List is on here. No other words need to be said. Yeah. Jaws, it's a game changer of a movie there. And the directing, I mean, that's, you could argue that's his best directing I think movie. It, I think it is, yeah. And the other one I had on here actually was Saving Private Ryan. Oh, right. Um, whereas, again, I don't, I, I really love the movie. I don't like it as much as Catch Me As You Can, to be honest. But uh, the directing in that movie is incredible. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd put Catch Me If You Can right there at number four. Squeeze it in. So he's, he makes the cut. This was really tough. I don't want to repeat some of what you just said, but I'm going to. Uh, Jaws is one of the greatest films ever made, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, and it's I think it's Steven Spielberg's best movie. You know, he was like 25 years old when he directed that movie. Seriously? Gross. Fuck. Yeah, amazing. What are we doing? Yeah, I know, right? Um, Schindler's List I have on there, too. Hook. I love Hook. Robin Williams, that's one of his best roles. Dustin Hoffman. Amazing. And I'm going to be bold here. I'm putting it on over Schindler's List. I'm putting Catch Me If You Can on the list. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> I, Schindler's, you list, fucking Schindler, dick. Schindler's List is amazing. But I don't want to watch Schindler's List all the time. I can watch Catch Me If You Can three days a week. Look, knock the screenplay if you are. Knock that. Knock the writing. But my God, man. I love Schindler's List. Is You're a, a Jew. Schindler's List. <laughs> you're damn right I'm a Jew, and I'm proud to be. Schindler's List is an amazing film. I just, I, I know this is a hot take, oh. but I, I'm putting Catch Me If You Can. Maybe, maybe is it more uh, of a travesty that I'm putting Hook on there over Schindler's List? <laughs> yes, I love Hook. Last question. I'm not going to forget this Schindler's List. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm proud to be a Jew, but I, I like Catch Me If You Can more than Schindler's List. Done. Nazi. Okay. All right. Last question. What's the most memorable thing about Catch Me If You Can? When you're talking about this movie in 
in a decade, if you're telling your, your future children about this movie that you love and they, they need to see, what's the, the first thing you're going to say is why they need to watch it? For one, it's a true story, which is remarkable. I mean, this whole this whole movie is, we mentioned it earlier, but it's like you can't write it. It's just, it's a true story. It's crazy that it actually happened, but kind of taking it a step further, it's interesting the crime that took place then versus watching it now, or like if you're telling telling your children, like you said, crime's different now. You know, you're not going to be like forging checks like that. Right. Like, you, children might not even know what a fucking check is. If this movie was made and took place in 2020, how would it work? Yeah, it's, I was thinking about that for one of my what ifs. I, I don't know. It would no be. Idea. Um, because you could never get away with what he got away with today, unless, well, clearly not by just forging print checks. But it'd be a lot less interesting of a movie because it would be like him hacking a com- an account in a computer, you know, yeah. hacking a bank or something, or rounding off the pennies in a transaction that, you know, over time add up to a lar- large sum of money. It's an office space reference, but yeah. Yes. Oh, well, it's <laughs> obviously, sorry. Right. Was, okay. Yes. Um, Fraction of a penny. Fraction of a penny, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's almost completely different based on the time period that it exists in. Right. So, but it's it's fascinating that what he's able to do. And, you know, he actually does speak at conferences. He Frank does. does. And, you know, he's a speaker. He's probably making a killing off of this. Oh, yeah. You know, in real money. Uh, but, yeah, I, actually, there was one conference I was going to go to to work, um, for work, sorry, and I saw who the keynote speaker was last year, and it was Frank Abagnale. Yeah, I and remember I was you, like, you sent me, you Fuck. texted me that, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going to a conference, and they're like, and up next, Frank Abagnale. You shit yourself. Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be, that'd be, no, that'd be the second greatest moment of our friendship ever. I think we know what the yeah, first one we is. Do it. <laughs> we don't need to say it. Oh, that was the best, but... In case he ends up listening to this podcast someday. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a movie guy, so you can't risk it. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, no, it's a true story. It's incredible. Uh, the 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 crime that that he commits and the the diligence of Hanratty. It's just it's all a phenomenal story. Um, I have two takes here. One is everything you just said. Two, and we kind of touched on this earlier. The chemistry between Leo and and Tom Hanks is amazing. Yeah. Some of the best one-two chemistry I've ever seen in a movie. It's crazy. They are so of- good together. Yeah. And it's just them, button heads, slash making jokes, slash being friends and enemies at the same exact time. It's it, Their chemistry is phenomenal. It's What's even more, like, if you think about those two actors just outside of the movie, if you saw them, you know, at an award show, would they ever be together? You know? know. It's weird. Yeah. You know, Leo's like, you know, he's a good, he's a green guy, you know, big for the environment, but like kind of just like he has his causes type of thing. I could see him being friends with like Ashton Kutcher, you know? Yeah. But Tom Hanks, I don't know. Does Tom Hanks have any friends? <laughs> oh, Tom Hanks has plenty. Imagine the two of them at like the Oscars after party, right? I could see Leo kind of hanging out at the bar. And just kind of quietly sipping on a drink, and Hanks comes up to him and he's like pissed drunk. And he goes, Leo! Leo! And Leo's sitting there like, fuck. 
This guy, I don't want to fucking see him. Hey, anymore. let's get a picture of me. Yeah. And Leo. <laughs> Reunion from Catch Me If You Can. We'll send it to Come Spielberg. On, <laughs> get in here. Uh, but Carl Hanratty and Frank William Abagnale Jr. Just like old times, Frankie. Give me a selfie right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping oh, the chemistry yeah, alive, yeah. baby. Oh, that's good. No, I don't think they would hang out. I don't think they'd say no, a word no. to each other. No, I don't think so at all. But that's what makes it so incredible is that, like you said, they're just phenomenal on screen together. Yeah, they are. Their chemistry in this movie is amazing. And that and the story is what I will tell my kids about this movie. It's just perfect. Awesome. Well, Adam, we have three minutes left in this room at the Chicago Public Library. It's about that time we wrap it up. Let's do it. It's been a journey. This was fun again. Uh, take care, and for those listening, tune in next time to Better Popcorn. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>